Well, thank you for welcoming me here to your home. And like I said, we're from Colorado Springs. It was a beautiful drive up. I'm just grateful to be here. And I want to share my story with you. Before I start, I just want to start with a short prayer. Dear Father God, I just thank you for this beautiful little mountain town and the privilege to be in this church and share my story. God, speak through your Holy Spirit. Let me be the vessel to speak truth and life. In Jesus' name, amen. So, 29 years ago, I was living in New York City. Out of college, living my dream. I worked in advertising, publishing. Life was good. And then I got pregnant. It was not planned. My boyfriend at the time was a surfer on Long Beach. When I told him that I was pregnant, he vanished. He was gone. Eight-foot waves didn't scare him, but a thought of a little baby sent him running. <laughs> so here I was, far from home in New York City. I didn't know what to do. I was alone. I was scared. I was confused. Everyone says, it's just tissue. Eight weeks, it's just tissue. That's not a baby. But somehow in my spirit, I knew that was a lie. But at that time, I chose to believe the lie. But God had another plan. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So does that sound like tissue? <laughs> no, there was a real life baby in my tummy. And thank God I went to a doctor that had a fancy office on Park Avenue. He took the little scope, did the sonogram back in the 80s. So God had a plan and he showed me my baby's heartbeat. So I'm sitting on the table ready to have the abortion. Get rid of the tissue. It's just an ink blot, right? Once I heard that heartbeat, I could not stop a beating heart. I could not stop. I left in a haze of tears, not knowing what I was going to do. I walked outside, Park Avenue lost. I looked up to the sky, uttered a simple prayer, God help me. Little did I know how he would help me in this journey. He took me on a journey Hence the name of my book is Nine and a Half Months. And he showed me his love, his provision, in so many tangible ways. I was raised Catholic, but I had not been to church in a few years. At the time, I was living in the Bronx, 
And in the Bronx, on every corner, you have an Irish pub and a church. <laughs> they go hand in hand. And so I knew the Irish pubs very well. <laughs> but the church hadn't been in. So one Sunday, I just felt in my spirit, go to church. So I went into church that Sunday. And the priest, this young, fresh-faced, handsome young man, not much older than myself, was speaking, and it happened to be Right to Life Sunday. Hmm, do you think God had a plan? <laughs> so I listened, and I cried through the whole Mass. Afterwards, I went to the rectory. The rectory had been knocked on the door panically. I need to speak to this priest. His name was Father Charlie Brown, and that is true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, I need Father Charlie. So they let me in. I sat down, and he looked at me. We're both in our early 20s, and he's, this is his first assignment at St. Brendan's, and he says, I can help you. And I told him I was pregnant, and you know I'd almost had an abortion. I didn't know what to do, and I couldn't go through with it. And he says, well, I went through this a year ago with my sister. Interesting. So God had prepared him to meet me at my lowest moment, he welcomed me with open arms. He gave me money. He gave me food. He gave me a train ticket to go into the Catskills to meet his family. A few weeks later, I took that train trip to the Catskills. I was too ashamed and embarrassed to call my family and tell them because I was a good Catholic girl. So I took the train, I met his parents, and then his sister, Grace, who had her baby boy, and he was about 10 months. And they just welcomed me with open arms. I really got to feel God's unconditional love through them. And it was while staying at their home that I found the courage to call my mom and dad. And I told them, and then passed the phone, <laughs> gave it to um, Grace's mom, Father Charlie's mom, and she, my mom, did not take the news well. I'm the oldest of four children, and Grace's mom calmed her down, and they were able to get through it. They helped me get through that time. God sent me another angel. Saturday night, I'm home, pregnant, alone hear a knock on the door, frantic knock on the door. I answer the door. There's this lady with all these pink curlers in her hair. And she's like, hi, I'm Sharon. I live upstairs on the fourth floor, and I see you, we girls. She was from Ireland. She says, I need to sit her. I need to sit her tonight. My sitter canceled. I'm like, sitter, you don't even know me. She's like, please come watch my three wee, wee ones. So I said yes. <laughs> Well, there were four of them, three boys and a baby. I didn't know what I got myself into. But that day began a friendship that carried me through my whole pregnancy. Many nights I went up and we had tea, and Sharon spoke truth into me, renewed faith, and most of all, she showed me the love of God. She bought me a little baby bath, clothes, and at this time, I was uncertain. I knew I was going to give life to my baby, but I was thinking of adoption. How could a single mom in New York City raise a child? 
I had reached out to my boyfriend, no contact, he vanished. I called his mom, she wanted nothing to do with me. She said, I already have my grandchildren. Um, Lee's the, the black sheep of the family, I want nothing to do with you. I'm like, so that door was shut. It was difficult. My parents were having a difficult time. So Sharon was there for me. She provided guidance. She provided hope. On the days when I didn't think I could do it, we would pray. And even when I thought about giving the baby up for adoption, we would pray. And she said, I think God wants you to keep that wee baby. (laughs) And I said, I don't know. It's like, God will provide. God will provide. So as the time went on, God appeared through other people, through his word. I started reading my Bible again. And a new concept was presented to me that I was unfamiliar with, grace. Being raised Catholic, I loved God. I, I did everything right. I was a good girl, went off to college, had a little rebellion. But I always felt like all my sins would add up and I couldn't catch up and do enough good deeds because I'm, I just, and now I'm pregnant out of wedlock. I'm surely going to hell. So I just, that's why I, I went back from the faith. I was ashamed. And, and through Sharon, she showed me about the grace and that God's grace is unmerited favor, that I don't have to earn it. And she explained it. She said, imagine God with sunglasses and they're red. And he looks at you and he sees you through the blood of his son. That Jesus died, your sins are covered. And it was starting to penetrate. The light bulb went on. Um, As I grew in faith and I went back to that church, God brought other people to speak into my life. I had a friend at work. I worked at an ad agency and he said, he, he was a short little squawny guy, and I was like pregnant out to here. And he said, no woman should have to go through this alone. I will help you. I will be your Lamaze partner. <laughs> and I, I wanted to do a natural childbirth. So I'm like, you will? So Marty was my Lamaze partner. So imagine this short little maybe 100-pound guy, and I'm out to here 200 pounds pregnant. And we're walking down the street. <laughs> And we go into the Upper East Side. This woman had beads hanging down, and it was her apartment, and she ushered us in, and we had to sit in positions, you know, getting ready for birth, and I'm like smashing him, and (laughs) it was quite comical. And then he was a stand-up comedian in the village, and I said, you better not use this stuff. He's like, oh yeah, I'm using it. (laughs) But little did I know, he had a girlfriend who had four children, And he spoke um, God's word to me. And he also showed me unconditional love. Here was a man who didn't even date me. The father ran, but Marty stuck by me. Probably in the eighth month, can't remember exactly, but I knew in my heart that I was supposed to keep this child. So I began the preparations. Uh, Sharon helped me and... We got everything ready. I want to give too much away because it's in my book. But (laughs) the labor was very long and um, eventful. And 
I had my roommate, Misha, with me. I had Marnie and Sharon. And I, the last part, Sharon played a crucial role in bringing this child into the world. My daughter is Kayla, Kayla Marie. And I think it's ironic, I was living in New York City, you know, I worked in publishing, my dreams to be a writer, and I had her in New York City 29 years ago, she's 29, and she is in New York City today. She is an actress fulfilling her dream. She received a scholarship at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, her tuition was more than I made in a year. God was, has been so faithful through the years. He's brought me into a relationship of love with him that is based on grace, on his love and what he did for me, not my works. And he set me free of the shame. He restored my family. My parents accepted me and her, um, raised help with her. I was in Cardinal Springs. They were in Denver, but they came to all her plays. Since she was four, she performed, and her dream was to go to New York, and she did that. She did the um, off-Broadway play, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> Tim and I went out and saw her, so she's in New York City, the same age as I was when I had her, and she's living her dream. And she's a blessing. She's opened a Pilates studio. She ministers to me. She's becoming a life coach. And I cannot imagine this world without her. It would be just heartbreaking. And I know when there are many young women, they could be older women, but when you're in that situation, maybe you have been, maybe you know someone, it is so scary and frightening, and you think you just want it gone. And I'm here to tell you that you just ask God, and he will get you through it. He will help you. He will bring people into your life. He will do miracles. And there might be someone in your family or yourself or a friend who maybe didn't have the strength and, and, or felt pressured, and they had an abortion. And there's healing for that as well. God's grace covers the lady who chose abortion, I believe those babies are in heaven and we will see them again. So there's healing, there's forgiveness, there's grace. And we just need to love the women. I'm so excited for your Love Life campaign. Um, I'm active in my pregnancy center. I do the walks. And the reason I wrote this story, I didn't plan to write this story. I've written for magazines and newspapers. But I was at a Christian writers conference about nine years ago, and we were in a workshop, and the instructor said, write about a time in your life when you were young in a crisis. And so I, I came back to when I was pregnant. In the story, you're going to meet your older self. What would your older self say to your younger self? So I wrote that out. God had a plan. Everything is going to be okay. You have all that you need in me. God he provided everything. I had all I needed in him. So that writing exercise became the first chapter of my book. And then I prayed about it. I said, what should I do with this? Short story, keep it. And I felt like God said, finish the story. Okay, so I did. So I finished the story. It took 
nine years to find a publisher. I was at another conference, and I met uh, Terry. He read my story. He liked it. Took the book proposal back to his publishing company in New York City, Morgan James. They only publish about 150 um, books a year, and they receive thousands of submissions. So I said, God, if it's your will, you know, let them accept it. And they did. <laughs> and they're in New York City. <laughs> so um, I was obedient. It, it was scary because this story is a novel fiction, but it's my story. And when I speak, 80% of what happened in this book is true. It is a true story. And I'm proud to, to be a witness to God's faithfulness and his love and his provision. And I brought some of my books with me today, nine and a half months. Um, they're also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but I'd be happy to sign one. But I encourage you, even if you know someone, or if you don't, read it, give it to someone, pass it to the local pregnancy center. But I want to get the message out there. It's a story. It's not preaching. There's not condemnation. In the book, there's me who, who gave life to my baby. There's a woman who almost, we talk about adoption and a woman who had an abortion. So it covers all three, and God's love is there, no matter what the, the circumstance. And I'd like to just um, close with this scripture in Ephesians. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is working within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, his power can work in us. Any situation, crisis, pregnancy, any other crisis, ask God and he will rescue you.